0: Live from the Las Vegas Strip in Las Vegas, Nevada. This is the sports betting preview show for Thursday, November 13th, 2008, a pregame.com podcast. This is Maddie O'Shea, pregame's GM of content. I'm joined by pregames. Uh, pros GM of Picks, Marco D'Angelo. You know
1: who I
2: am? I'm Mo Green. I made my bones when you were going out with cheerleaders.
0: We've got uh, pregame pro, Vegas Runner. Oh, my God. <laughs> and we've got uh, uh, pregame's very own Tommy Ryder, who is going to be making his final appearance here live in the studio this week. I have a special tribute real quick.
2: Thank you for being a
0: <laughs> And uh, Tommy, this goes out to you. We had a lot of fun out here while you were with uh, mm-hmm. with us here with the show. And I just want you know if you want to say a few words to some of the listeners out there, and uh, then we'll get in right into the show.
1: Yeah, well, I just want to thank you guys for letting me be a part of the show. Uh, you know, uh, because of my mental, my medical condition, I'll have to be going back east and won't be able to do the show live anymore. But it's been a it's been a fun ride. I think we have the everything set for this show to go forward. You know, I'm glad I was on the ground floor. I helped building it, and I think it's just going to continue to get better. Continue to get more listeners, and I think there's good things in store for for this show in the future.
0: Agree. Well, you definitely helped us. Uh, you know, make this possible, and we we do uh, appreciate all the hard work you've done, and look forward to more hard work in the future, no matter where you are. So, uh, with, with that being said. Let's kind of move into the first part of our show, and Tommy, you know, we were kind of talking before the show about how crazy uh, college football totals have been this year. You know, starting way back when in August when we went to the, the uh, handicapping seminar over at Red Rock Casino and we listened to, to Ken White and talk about you know how just the the way that the plays are, you know, the amount of plays that they could go at each game that. You know, there's going to be a ton of overs this year, and I think you've been one of those guys who's really taken advantage of, of betting the overs, especially in the Big 12.
1: Yeah, well, I'm an over better only because I'm the worst under better on the planet. I, I just, it's a, ama- I I had the under in that preseason game between Cleveland and the Giants. It was 31-3. It was 31-3 in the first quarter. So, for some reason, whenever I peg an under, it's, it just doesn't turn out. So, when I bet a total, it's usually an over and you know as Vegas runners said on here many times that for an order an over to come in, 99 percent of the time, both you need both teams to score. I mean, you might get that 59 to 10 game every now and then that, that pushes you over, but you're looking at both teams to score. And right now, there's nothing better than the Big 12 when it cut. You know, your Texas, your Texas Tech, your Oklahoma State, Missouri, Oklahoma, Nebraska, all these teams score. And I don't remember a time, I know Vegas Runner and Marco can talk about this a little more, just see it every week. You're looking at your 78s, your 76s, and I know, VR, well, you said before we got on the air, when uh, when people that you know see a line in the 70s, it's an automatic under, regardless of who's playing.
2: Yeah, right away, I mean, we, we were taught, and I know guys that are still scalping as, as I speak right now. Um as soon as the, the sports books put up a number, I mean, before you didn't used to see so many totals. Um, people say, you know, I never saw so many high totals in my life. But the truth is, before maybe five years ago, you didn't see so many totals, period. Because only the televised games had totals on them. Until the offshore market forced the Vegas sports books to put a total on every game, and some books still don't. Um, you know, you didn't see that many totals. Um, so now it, it is surprising if you look in the last couple of years. Yeah, this year is a lot higher, uh, especially in the Big 12. Um, myself, the, I, I just can't step up to the plate and look to bet an over 70. Um, because of, of all my years that I was moving steam, I mean, I knew beforehand as soon as the lines went out, if something was 70 or higher, I bet the under. I didn't wait for a buy order to come in. I didn't wait to hear it over my two-way. It didn't have to get beeped on, you know, on my Skytel. I knew right away I'm betting under because they're going to come in with it now or they're going to come back with it later. Um, When you're betting over 70, everything has to click this cash. I mean, I see, I know now these totals, these games, Oklahoma's, Texas's, they're scoring 50 points each. So yeah, you're going to break 70, but you have one low scoring quarter and you're pretty much done with that bet. The way the Sharps approach this, the way the runners approach this, is strictly probability. It's irrelevant which two teams are playing. I couldn't say that, you know, I couldn't make that clear. The two teams are irrelevant when the total's that high. What they know is that out of 10 games, six will stay under that 70 spot. I mean, if you look through the history of of college football, just this year in general, which is a higher scoring year, how many games percentage-wise do crack 70? You know, it's tough because you do need two teams to score. Um, a lot of these teams that score 50 points end up playing teams that can only score 13. So once again, you're not cracking 70. Um, for me, I'm an under better. So, you know, I but because I've seen the trend this year, I've had to sit back and wait and not look to take advantage as I have in the past. Although the way to take advantage of this now is to, to scalp. I mean, you could bet the unders every Monday when these lines go up and come Saturday, you're going to have a 3, 4, 5-point middle. Point. I'd say in 7 out of 10 games, you'll have at least a 3 or 4-point middle, maybe even higher once weather comes into effect, especially on these, you know, the Big 12 games. Once the weather starts hitting end of November, December, you know the sharp money once they see that weather forecast the wind they're going to start betting it under so you get under 71 now you might be looking at over 63 come kickoff time so i suggest you you want to diversify your your account balance a little bit take a little money to the side and start doing things like that start scalping start betting them big you know the top 3 schools that the line moves 6 7 points every week and get down on them early buy it back at the end of the week and put up that 10% that the sportsbook's going to take, and you're going to hit a lot of middles along the way.
0: It's funny that you mentioned the the number seventy VR because I actually had the under in the Texas Tech Oklahoma State game, and I had under seventy. I bet I kind of bet it in the middle of the week, and uh, it was it was looking really bad at the beginning. Then it kind of came back, and it, and uh, Oklahoma State actually uh, went for two. I think it was a box. Yeah, play, I remember. I remember. And I th- I thought shit. I, I have one more t- touchdown I can play with basically. And then uh, it got down to the point where it's sitting on 69 points. And I only had a few minutes <laughs> left. And I was feeling really good about it. And what happens, Texas Tech's backup quarterback Back comes down, in, lead, and leads him down yeah. the field. And the, the funny thing is, that, that total went the other way. It ended up going, people were betting it up because they just love yeah, Texas Yeah, you, you'll Tech get that on occasion. On. Right. Uh, but
2: I, I could say right but now, blindly,
0: touchdown, I'll tell if you there's
2: one. seven lines over 70, five of them are going to drop. I mean, you know, sometimes you'll have to eat a point here or there, but you're not going to get a 71 go to 77. Maybe in a bowl game, maybe in a conference, you know, championship games, like, them kind of games.
0: Especially towards this time of year. With yeah, but exactly. You're pack.
2: not going to get it on a nor- within a five-day span of when the line goes up to when kickoff comes. Real rare you're going to have to eat more than one or two points on and over. Agreed. Marco.
3: your thoughts? Well, proving your point, there's a few games right now that if you look Texas-Kansas opened up at 71.5, and I'm looking across the board here in Vegas, and I see 68s everywhere. So yeah, I mean, it it's automatic.
2: Guys are doing it. They've been doing it for years, and why wouldn't they do it this year, you know?
3: Exactly. You know, you got the same way the SMU-Texas-El uh, Paso game opened at 75.5, and, and I see 71, 70 and a half in that game. So, I mean, it's exactly what you're saying is what they're doing. Kansas State opened at 74, and it's 71 across the board, 71 and a half. So that's, there's value there. Now, I think there's a
0: good opportunity. Probably Tommy is on the other hand, on the other side. He's probably waiting to see how low those totals are going to go and then jump on them and bet the over. Is that what you're kind of looking to do?
1: A, a little bit. Last week I kind of got burnt, though, because of the, what VR said about the weather. Uh The he did exactly what he said. Missouri Kansas State went down to sixty seven, and I said there's a number I like. So I I remember you gave that one out on the forums too. (laughs) Yes, I was
0: bitching about something about getting the wrong play. That was a really funny conversation.
1: So yeah, I gave that out as an over, and I turned the game on, and neither team wanted to be on the field. It was thirty five degrees, and And passes were going like a point. Yeah, like two two passes were going over off guys' hands. So. Now weather does become a factor because the Big 12, a lot of those games, like Kansas this week, that's probably going to be a cold-weather game. And that makes a difference, especially when you're throwing the ball all the time. And one of the things I do, I base my handicapping more on personnel and things like that. So if you ask me how the Texas Tech-Oklahoma game could go under in in two weeks, I, I can't give you an answer. Because based on personnel, they're going to go up and down the field. But here's the thing with a game like that. That's a huge game. In those big games like that, very rarely do you see 90 points scored. Because, Except for Texas-Oklahoma. Right? right, but but the other one, texas Tech and, yeah, uh, right. and Texas, yeah. I believe that went under by two points, 39-33, and that was a late scoring uh, And there's a that.
2: lot less pressure week four when two teams are right. defeated right. and compared that, to week 11. And honestly, that, that was my rationale for was something. taking the
0: under in the texas Tech oklahoma State game was because I had seen how Oklahoma State had played against the Missouri you know, making sure that it was like a you know a, a ball control game. You know, it was like what 20, 20 23 yeah. or something like that. And then they also did it against somebody else. And I, I looked at that. I
2: don't want to be misunderstood. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that betting the under is the way to go. Is the way to make money doing this. What I'm saying is that the value is definitely on the under. The line is definitely shaded towards over. I mean, just like with Monday night. I bet, Monday, I bet the over last week. I bet the over probably five out of, of, of the last six weeks on Monday night. But I know going in, I'm not getting the best of the number. I, I have to be, when I handicap the game, I have to be willing to lay three points more than I should be. And if, if my work doesn't support that, then I wouldn't do it. But so what I'm trying to say is that these 70s, I'm not saying it's an automatic, it's not an automatic under by any stretch of the imagination. But if you're going to start looking at the over, you need to be particular with them. You need to have a good case for both teams scoring. And you need to know going in that you're definitely paying a premium, at least anywhere from three to six points more than you Any should And you want to
0: get the best number. If you're like me and you try to bet it on Monday or on Wednesday, you might as well wait till Saturday. When exactly, the down absolutely.
2: Because the Sharps are going to go the under every time. That's just what they're trained to do. That's what they're going to do.
3: Bet the game under at the beginning of the week and at the end of the week it bet the game over. over. That's it. Nice you know, you yeah. get the middle. But one last point, Tommy. One thing that you said about these games being big games and you know teams get tight. Remember now with the BCS and the amount of money that's involved in the BCS bowls, you're talking about twenty year old kids. When you get to those last couple of weeks of the season, now you're not just playing for a conference title. You're talking about millions, millions. and millions of dollars. But you're putting pressure on twenty, you know, twenty-two They weren't 22 in the same years.
0: position with at the beginning of the season. They had no idea. Yeah. Now the pressure's on, and, and that money is definitely. And
3: many times you're going to have the kids are going to be playing tight. The coaches are going to play coach playing. tight. Sure. That's that's they're going to play not to lose. And you get a game in the you know in the fourth quarter. If the game you know if the game is tight, you know the coaches change small their, ball. Yeah, they change yes. their game plan. And we don't know
1: the game <clears throat> plan. We don't, now Oklahoma could certainly go match Texas Tech pass for pass if they felt like it. But what if Stoops decides... Let's try to run the ball and keep their defense off the field because we do have a power running they have game a better, too. Much
0: better running. And game like test, Vegas so Runner well. says,
1: if if they go on an eight-minute drive there and end up with three, that's all you
0: need. That's all no you need. No one's outscored
2: them yeah. yet, so yeah. someone has to come up with something. Right. And right. they're trying to outscore this team. will kill you
0: in one of those games if I mean, you go
2: in, in there thinking you're going to outscore them. Good luck. Who's done that so far?
3: And one thing that's added to the the totals being higher in the last few years is the addition of overtime. With you know you. You can have you can have a game and you know twenty you know twenty one twenty one and by the time it's done with overtime you know you're you're in the yeah force. and
2: and the game of college football has evolved more to a passing than it than it has been back in the day you know you don't see the wishbone much anymore. Great
0: conversation, guys. Well, again, you're listening to the Sports
2: Betting Preview
0: Show, a Pregame.com podcast. Coming up in our next segment, we'll be looking at the game of the week.
1: Hi, this is Tommy Ryder from Pregame.com. The Pregame Cheat Sheet features everything you need to bet on the top TV games, including team tips, top trends, and key injuries each and every game day, all on one page. The Pregame.com content team also gives you their top consensus, side and total plays of the day to help you beat the books. Visit the Pregame.com homepage now to get info worth betting on today's top games. And make sure to start your day with the Pregame.com Cheat Sheet. Alright,
0: welcome back to the Sports Betting Preview Show, a Pregame.com podcast. We're going to jump right into the uh, Game of the Week segment. And uh, rumor has it on the Pregame forums that somebody has a big Game of the Year on this one this week. But it is a very good matchup. The Titans against the Jaguars, Titans obviously unbeaten, have uh, failed to cover just one game this year, which I think it makes it very, very appealing to kind of talk about just the fact that, you know, Tommy, we were talking about how uh, not only they're they're in the same exact spot as the New England Patriots were a year ago, exact same spot, they're unbeaten. They might not be rolling teams like they did last year, but the big difference that we were talking about was the spread and how they're... Three-point favorites every week. Road, you know, home, they might be a little bigger. But
1: what do you think of this game? Yeah, well, our good friend Jumper Jack has his game of the year on on Jacksonville this week. Uh, it's an interesting game because th- this is Jacksonville's season. They need to win this game or it's pretty much game, set, match. And uh, the owner there, Weaver, he wants to win. Del Rio, he has to get this team into the playoffs to have any shot of keeping his job because they were supposed to be a Super Bowl contender. I, Someone I talked to this week said, watch out for Bill Cowher in Jacksonville because they have the kind of team that Cowher likes. Wow, they have that, that physical type of team, and Cowher believes that that's the type of team he can take over with the running game, the defense. So that could be something in the future. I think it's interesting what we were talking about with the Titans compared to the Patriots because the Patriots are laying 17, 18, 20, 21 points at this point last year. Meanwhile, every week the Titans are a three-point favorite, and I think that goes along with style of play. Jacksonville is going to beat you 17-10, where New England was scoring over 50 last year. This is going to be a hard-hitting game. It is at any time uh, Tennessee's involved. Jacksonville, they whooped on the Lions last week. To me, that's a mulligan. Uh, I don't think the Lions possess any kind of right. That the any, Jacksonville
0: players were laughing at him on the yeah. field. That the team
1: and, and and to me, I don't like to see that because right. if anyone's a laughing stock, it's Jacksonville because they were a Super Bowl contender. See, exactly. to me, teams like the Lions were supposed to be bad, but teams like San Diego and Jacksonville, they're the laughing. The so Dallas, they're the laughing stocks because they might not even make the playoffs. So mm-hmm. I think that's a good point. If I, if I had to take a guess on the game, I would lean towards Jacksonville only because I think they have more to play for in this game and, and they might pull it out. But I see a tough game, a, t- a real close game.
3: Marco, how do you see this game? Well, obviously Tennessee's undefeated. But I'm looking at this Tennessee team and I keep looking at them and I say, how are they keep doing it? I, I mean, every week. It's amazing. Kerry Collins, unbelievable. <laughs> this team does not you, – you're not supposed to win in the NFL if you can't run the ball. This team was held to 76 yards against Minnesota earlier in the year, and they win 30-17. to 17. They had 47 yards rushing against Baltimore. They squeaked out the 13-10 win. They only had 88 yards rushing against Indianapolis. They win by 10, 31-21. And last week at Chicago, they had 29, 29 rushes for 20 yards. And, and they win the game, 21-14. Maddie playing with the soundboard there, uh, but how do they I keep winning?
1: Know what that was? So
3: you can't, you can't win in the NFL uh, if you can't run the ball, and they keep winning. Uh, well, and Jackson The funny
1: thing is, is they're not throwing it either. So yeah. oh, come on, did,
0: did uh, Kerry Collins <laughs> burned the Bears secondary for almost 300 yards last week. Well,
3: I think that was the difference. Yeah, the, the problem there is everybody's been burning the Bears secondary this year for the monsters of the Midway, but uh, I just think that you know. They've had so many big games in a row. They had the Monday night game against Indianapolis. They followed that up with a big game against Green Bay that at the time everybody was posing, oh, this could be a possible Mm -hmm. Super Bowl matchup. And then they took that momentum out on the road. And that was the one thing that scared me about the game last week is I like teams that when they're on a winning streak and they they go out on the road, they have a tendency to carry that momentum out for one game. But this is now the second game in a row on the road. It's tougher to to pull that off twice. If they're going to be upset, this is the textbook way that a team gets upset. That's what I say. Vegas runner.
2: I agree with you. The only problem is that every week, everybody's been waiting for Tennessee to lose. And they're just not doing it. Um, I mean, what's happening, all the bookmakers that I'm speaking to, here's what's happening. Early in the week, we see the money's on Tennessee. You check any site that has percentages, and you see the money's on Tennessee. But I'll tell you what, come Sunday, an hour before the game, when 90% of the bettors actually bet on the NFL, people are betting against the Titans. People are picking that spot, saying, okay, you know, going against them, thinking it's a setup game, it's a trap game. And the reason this, the, they're thinking this way is because this team hasn't been has only been more than a four and a half point favorite one time, so they haven't even been a touchdown favorite more than once. So every week they go in and people are thinking something shady. This line's too low, you know. Every week we go in with the same thinking. This is a trap game. Why are they only giving three? Well, let me explain. When they met on the first week of September. Tennessee went into Jackson. I mean, Jacksonville went into Tennessee and was a three-point favorite. Okay, if you flip that around right now, Jacksonville should be a nine-point favorite in this game. Instead, they're a three-point dog. So the oddsmakers has done a twelve-point adjustment in a matter of two months. Twelve points in the NFL is huge. Right. That's very rare. It doesn't happen. Now, sure, Jacksonville's been hurt. That I understand. But this team, Tennessee, is not getting any kind of respect at all. Not with the lines makers. Not with the odds makers. And I, I feel that the odds makers just were not quick enough to adjust the Jacksonville number. Instead of, it's not, problem isn't with Tennessee. Their problem, the problem here is with Jacksonville. They kept waiting for Jacksonville to play good. If you saw the, the oddsmakers poll every week, Jacksonville was still lingering in the top 10. They have no business being in the top 10. They're 1-3 at home, for God's sakes. They can't win at home. They, you know, It's not a team that should be in the top 10 in the NFL right now. So I really think this line's right. I made my own. I made my power number. I said Tennessee should be a 5.5-point favorite. According to that, I would bet Tennessee in this spot. But then again, here we go into another week. Is this the trap game? Is this you know the lines maker knows something I don't? So as far as VR since clients are concerned, we're probably going to sit this one out, man. I I need to see what transpires with this team before I you well, know I one, start one, to make only money one team has ever gone unbeaten,
0: them. and that was our, you know outside of the. The Dolphins. I mean, that, and we that was what happened year. last year. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's the thing is the Titans are not going to go unbeaten. That's, I no, think, but look I, at their schedule. Right.
2: Look at their schedule. They've had the 23rd easiest schedule in the NFL. It's not going to get too much more difficult for them. I'm not telling you they're going undefeated, right. but don't expect this team to end up 9 and 7. Oh, no.
1: either. You know what would be you funny? Know? If they do go undefeated, I think the commissioner needs to sit down and look at his parody that they wanted in the NFL. Because <laughs> to me, that tells me there's a lot of bad teams in the NFL. I mean, That's look, not parody. Look what
2: he's got left. Detroit, Cleveland, Houston. There's three winnable games right there. they got there. the Steelers. Other That's going to be Steelers, a bloodbath. The Steelers and Indianapolis are, are you know, yeah. late in the season. They're two tough games at the end of the season. Right. But up until that point, I don't see this team losing more than one or I, two I, games. I, if I, that, I know be in every I game. If they, they, they lose, lose, that. maybe
0: three, maybe two or three. But I, I agree with you guys. I think... I think Marco especially brought up some good points with the rushing, but I was just kind of looking at the numbers here. I mean, you're still talking about a, a team, despite those horrible rushing performances, they're still sixth in the league in rushing, and they have more uh, rushing touchdowns than any team in the it's, NFL. And no
2: one knows. Are they doing it? Are they for real? Are they doing it with smoke and mirrors? Are, I mm-hmm. haven't spoken the one sharp, not one, not one square that knows has, has a grip on this team. Nobody does. You know not who, one person. Not the odds makers. Not the bookmakers. Nobody has a grip on this. You team.
1: know who they remind me of a little bit is Virginia Tech. It, you look at Virginia Tech sometimes, and you don't know how they win a game, right. and it's through and interceptions. and they get year, they get much. timely interceptions. Yeah. They block punts. To me, Tennessee does all the little things that you don't really. They don't blow you I away. Mean,
2: what, what, what people are, what we need to really realize, recognize, excuse me, is that. This team is eight and one against the spread. Absolutely. So, so
0: people every week I mean, are losing money that, against that. That doesn't
2: support right. what I just right. said. No one has a grip on this team. Not right. the odds, because that's not good for business. Believe me. Eight and one against the number is not good for business. Whether people are bent with or against this team, as far as bookmakers are concerned. So this is just one of them teams that's going to give problems to the bookmakers, the betters all year. No markup?
3: That's awesome. One of the other reasons that they've been able to, you know, maybe win some games with smoke and mirrors. They've had they've had 19 turnovers takeaways. They've only had eight turnovers. There you themselves.
2: go. There you go. That's that's huge. Every year you look and what do you see? The top teams that that have the you know the highest plus on turn turnovers. Are always the top player. and I think that would be different to,
0: if Tommy's buddy Vince Young was in there. I mean, Kerry Collins has done a great job of managing the game. Yeah, I, I think my personal take on this and why I'm I'm totally staying away from this game. This to me is one of the biggest coaching mismatches you're going to see. It's a big you're going to see in the, in the league this year, and why I would just stay away. That was a is, great
2: stat you gave, Marco.
0: Is is Jeff Fisher is responsible for that defense? Right. He to me is going to win coach of the a, year he's hands the most down underrated yeah. coach. In yeah. and he's and the, this he's, is yeah. the
2: biggest bet against team next year. Oh, I will yeah. tell you oh, that yeah. right now market yes. down. <laughs> Any yes. team that has gotten the bounces that much as far as takeaways go, it just don't happen two years. No straight. doubt, no doubt. It always flips.
1: I mean, uh, one thing about Jeff Fisher though, I think Mike Smith in Atlanta and Bill Belichick in New England might have. Uh, I mean, if Atlanta makes the playoffs. Yeah, uh, no, they're going to get an argument
3: for sure. But with I mean, a rookie quarterback, no question. And, yeah.
1: I mean, Belichick, if, if they end up. I mean, right now, they, they would have a bye in the AFC, I think. I mean, that's amazing. They're absolutely amazing. Well,
2: a guy hasn't played since high school.
1: I mean, yeah. The Jets take care of them Thursday night, though. Don't worry <laughs> about that. <laughs> well, anyway, now. Uh,
0: we're going to head right back into another segment here. You're again you're listening to the Sports Betting Preview show, a pregame.com podcast. We've got a couple gentlemen here who have a very big matchup in the Money Talks tournament here at the beautiful Riviera on the on the strip and uh, you guys, it's a big quarterfinal matchup. You're only uh, th- what three uh, three matches away from winning all the big money. Calm right? down, the
2: nets.
3: If we can, uh, if we win this one, we're, we're
2: into in the, the final,
3: final four. four. We go to the final. This
2: four. Is the elite we eight We're
0: in the elite eight. <laughs> That's very exciting. I mean, you guys, uh, you know, do you know much about your
2: opponent, or do, are you even worried about it? Are you just it's, excited that this week I, the games. I, I knew going in that every guy on there was big time better, successful better. You know that. Because when you look at the names on there, I think maybe me and Marco and maybe one or two other guys actually even share their selections. You know, these guys are, are betters. They don't have sites. They don't sell their picks. They bet their games. Um, so I knew the competition was going to be there. Uh, the guy we're going up against this week, Generous J. Uh, has money to burn. Yo, he's generous <laughs> said, to you guys. This yeah. Year, right? I mean, last year, he, he every bet he made, he bet at the window and gave out tickets to the people in the audience. So maybe if you guys are in town, go down to the Riv. Generous J might be handing them out again this year. <laughs> um, but I it, it sunk in on my drive over here because they were actually discussing it on uh, the radio station here. They were talking to John Kelly and asking him, you know, who's up this week. And they were. Talked about me and Marco from pregame going up against Generous Jay. Uh, This is huge for us, honestly. I want us to get to the Final Four. uh, The goal was to win the thing, but I definitely want us to get down towards the end. And uh, I think we got the bad week out of the system last week, like we did last time, if you remember.
0: Right. We we,
2: we, we thought we were playing, and we Mm -hmm. didn't, and we had a bad week, and then we came back the next week, and sent him packing, yeah. I think the same thing's going to happen this week. Cause well, plus, we had a bad week last week, me and Marco, and if I had to bet on us, I'd, I'd definitely be taking us this well, week. Plus, I think I you guys have, have a real good a
0: advantage row. just based on the fact that you've gone through the preparation, not once but twice already. Well,
3: Yeah, now it
2: makes it so much easier. You're as far, as, far right.
3: as last week with the bad week, I mean, actually, I had a good sa- I had good college week last week. I went four and one with the colleges. I had a bad Sunday, but it was my first losing NFL Sunday of the season. So I'm actually glad that I got uh, that. that I, that's lo- what I'm. You're saying. like the I'm Tennessee like the, Titans. Yeah, I mean, g- you have you got to lose one Sunday. Well, if I
1: looked at the card last week. I don't think it turned out well for guys like you because uh, the way I saw, every obvious pick won. It, it, it did. every. I mean, it seemed like every square in the world had a big week last
3: yeah, week. I, Except I, for the Colts. I hit, Thanks I a lot. Won in Thanks college I, I
0: college went I 3-0
1: was, in the NFL last week.
0: Thanks a lot. Good for guys. you.
2: I, th- I was expecting a big week from us. Honestly, we I, we both won in college. We both won on Saturday. And I went into Sunday, you know, thinking we, we were going to do it again. But it's, it's a the tough one thing we're when we in.
3: When we went the first week, and it's, it's one thing that I'm a little more confident about, um, going into it this week, uh, as opposed to the first week of the contest, at the beginning of the year, me and you both were filling our way around Absolutely. the college football. Absolutely, you know, we got off the slow starts in the college, but we were now in the NFL, and which is unprecedented in the Money Talks yeah, contest. It is. We had four of our plays were NFL, NFL. and we're guys all in college. Yeah, in, in uh, it's yeah. just because you go with what's hot, and we we were hot in the NFL, but right now. You know the last you know the last five weeks i've i've had a real good handle on on college football and i've been good in the nfl all year you've been good in the nfl all year and you've heated up with the college in in the last month so you know we're going to come this week with our oh, best, set, our yeah, best seven games. It. We're not going to be weighing it towards what college or right. of. No, it's going to be the, gonna best the best seven. seven and,
0: and just so people understand what we're talking about here, these guys are making seven picks. I'll, I'll give you a kind of a re- review of what happened in last week. I mean, this shows what kind of a tough week it was for everybody. Uh, this guy, the shrink, advanced with a two and five record. Wow. Okay, and he beat a he beat a guy, Bill Edler, a poker player. He was a, a big time, Who,
2: well known, and he big went, time gambler. And he went <laughs> one
0: five and one. And he so you can catch we're talking, him at
2: the Mirage with stacks. And, and just talking about road. what you guys
0: are talking about with the with the pro games. These guys had 14 combined picks. They picked two. One, uh, the shrink had two NFL games. Everything else was college. People don't understand. So. The,
2: if you can beat the NFL in this city, you could walk into any sports book with your chest up high, man. I mean, the the guys that set the NFL lines are the highest paid lines makers in the city, and they only work three months. You know. It's the NFL's where the money is because that's where the handle is for the sports books. They have to have the best line. They have to beat the squares. They have to stop the sharps from beating them. I mean, it's the Cat and Mouse game of all Cat and Mouse games when it comes to the NFL. And uh, we've had a great year, man. We've had a very good year so far in the NFL. And like you said, for me, college is starting to come around. Marco's been on target college all year. So I'm interested to see this week what we put together as far as the ratio pro to college. I just want the. Marco could keep the money. I just want the rights. <laughs> I just want to be able to walk in their books with the Money Talks title you because know, you know if it goes far in, in this idea. town. Absolutely. It goes yeah. far in this town. They could have the Hilton. I want the Money Talks. Well, we're, that's ready. our goal. Get to the Final
3: Four, and, and then we'll work on the health. You know, and the money. Uh, you know, don't worry. We'll find a way for you to spend the money. Don't worry. Thank you.
0: <laughs> and for anybody in in Las Vegas, again, that's at the Riviera. If anybody wants to come down, and ten p.m. I think I'm going to try to come and come down there. Come on down. It's, it's yeah.
2: John Kelly does a whole hour show from there. Yeah. Um, we go over all the selections, both guys, um, with a little analysis. You know, just a short, quick analysis, and we'll it's both, a good time. We'll man. both
3: be there and. Cool. Uh, Maddie, come on down. I'm Last sure time we had some people come yeah. down. RJ well, yeah. will probably be there. Cool, awesome. Yeah. That's that's good
0: stuff. Well, we'll uh, we'll uh, definitely have to check you out. We're gonna be rooting you hard on, uh, and hopefully you can get uh, go seven and zero this week, and or at least you know just advance no matter what it takes.
2: It's huge for a pregame. It's huge for us.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's our. Uh, we're gonna be heading back after uh, this next message with our game of the week and question of the week. Again, you're listening to the Sports Betting Preview Show, a Pregame.com podcast. This is Matty O'Shea, Pregame.com's GM of content, and I'm here to tell you about the Pregame Wire, which is your source for breaking sports betting news, giving you injury and lineup alerts each and every game day. If a key player is out, the Pregame Wire will tell you before you bet the game, giving you the edge you need to be a smart and informed bettor. For fantasy football players, the Pregame Wire is also a must-visit page to find out who is in and who is out of your lineup every week. Just go to Pregame.com and click Wire Alerts on the left side to get the Pregame Wire Alerts right now. Welcome back to the Sports Betting Preview Show, a Pregame.com podcast. We're actually going into one of our favorite segments of the week.
2: Ooh, that be?
0: And Marco is going
3: to uh, ask or go go over the question of the week. Okay. Well, this week's question comes from Billy Baru, And he is going to get a $25 coupon in his email tomorrow from pregame. Compliments of this week's question, which is, we are entering the second half of the season. We in the books have found out who is good and who is not. There are a lot of teams that are hopelessly out of it. So this question is twofold. When betting the second half of the season – At least until week 16, anyways. Is it more common to play more favorites when a good team plays a bad team? It also seems in the coming weeks that the trap game is more evident. You guys obviously see trap games before they happen. What is your feeling about them? How do you cap it any different? Good question.
0: Very good question. Absolutely. Who wants to start talking about that? Take it
3: down. Okay, well, I read it. I'll go ahead and jump in. brother. The, when you handicap this part of the season, um, and this is one of the points that I made um, in our last podcast when we talked about you know why I have like games of the year at a certain time, because you're in the meat of the season and you don't have to deal with this kind of factor. Um, this is something that you do have to deal with. And what I do is you look at these teams and you've got to decide what do they have to play for. If they cannot be bowl eligible and if we're talking on a college level, obviously, what are they gonna play for? I have found, look for when they play a big team, because that's when they're gonna get up. If they're playing another team that's about the same talent level as them, some people will love to take the favorite in that instance and say, hey, here's two bad teams, I'm gonna take the favorite, this is their chance to win. They don't care, their season's over, they're not really that excited in my aspects. I have found that if you have two bad teams that are out of it, I'm going to look to the dog in that situation. Now, on the flip side, when a team like that's out of it plays either their hated rival, which you'll get in the next coming weeks, you'll have the big rivalry games Thanksgiving week and that, or they're playing the team that has everything to lose. That's when they get off the mat and play their game of the year. And because Vegas does know they suck, you're getting added line value so i think that you do get good trap situations there and there is times to take the dog on the pro level uh, a couple angles that i like to look at for late season and teams that are out of it usually in the nfl because there's so many teams with the parity of the nfl they're still eligible for a wild card until about you know two or three weeks left of the season so you don't really have that factor yet but teams are bad but late in the season, this could be a pregame nugget for you guys. Take two teams that are bad and out of it, look to the over. Because those games have a tendency to be played like backyard, yeah, pickup, games. Yeah, backyard pickup games. Yeah, wide open. Backyard pickup games. Because it takes more energy and effort to play defense than it does yeah. to play offense. What was that
0: game a couple of years ago? Was it Nebraska, Colorado, where it was like sixty-one to forty or something? Was it? Was that? Yeah, uh, Nebraska,
1: Colorado on Thanksgiving Day. Was that when, last we, year? Um, or was it two? years ago? No, it was ago. last year. Okay, and when that was a game that just you're came right though, Marco. When teams give up, you can see it most in defense because guys aren't getting off blocks; they're arm tackling, and that's. I mean, I saw with the Rams last week; they didn't want to be out there. And I think there's a difference between a bad team and a team that's given up. For some reason, the Chiefs haven't given up. They're still playing hard. In, in, and and a team like the Rams, to me, it looked like last week they didn't want to be there. And I think there's also important what you said about big games. I'll tell you a team in college that's given up Kansas State. One bet against them this week. You know why? Nebraska hung seventy on them last year, yeah. and they've been waiting for this game. Now, what's going to happen? Two weeks from now, they play at home against Iowa State, and they're going to be a favorite, and that that's when I would go against them because they're not going to have any interest in playing that game. So I think what you said, I agree with pretty much.
0: And you actually had a great forum post uh, up on pregame forums where you talked about what teams have given up on the season. I mean, Tennessee, obviously. That's their Florida number State. one. I
1: mean, when you lose at home to Wyoming, that's, that, that's my point. My father told me a long time ago, if you have two teams and one team's more talented and quit, the team less talented will always beat that team. And I think you saw that with Wyoming, who's just an abysmal football team. go into Tennessee, Tennessee has quit on the season. They won't win another game. So whether or not they'll cover, I don't know, but they won't win another game.
0: And I think just uh, what we talked about earlier with the teams that have a lot to play for in terms of the bowls with a lot of money on the line and taking unders in those games, I think you can almost go to the other side of the spectrum. And guy, kids who – I mean, these are college kids – and if they're given up and they don't have anything to play for they just want to play like it's Thanksgiving Day and they're playing in the backyard exactly. or the schoolyard and they're just chucking it up. They just want to have a good time to finish out the season. And,
3: and this works in all sports. I don't know if you remember, Maddie at the end of the NBA season last year, I released my oh, NBA Of course, COVID. I was
0: actually thinking about that today because I was I was uh, trying to come up with a good total today.
3: My over under of the year in the NBA and it went over by 80 points. Yeah, the
0: Bulls and the Bucks and they had like, it was ridiculous. The final week they' three hundred Almost 300 points in that game. That was like one of the best picks I've ever seen. And that was a similar type thing. You definitely
2: have to factor in, put a little more weight towards motivation this time of year. But at the same time, you have to be sure though, also, you know, just because a team is two and eight doesn't mean they've quit. They they could just be a bad team. Um, As far as the NFL, my take is this year, especially, you have to be really careful when you separate the teams. You know, I know people like to do it in, in terms of tiers as You know, these teams are the A-teams of the NFL. Going into the season, we knew who they were. They were Dallas, Indianapolis, New England, and San Diego. That's not the case week 10, week 11. Um, But the one thing about this season that people have to be very careful about when, you know, starting to say words like give up on the season and quit is this is the first year this late in the season that I looked at my numbers and I could take 20 teams in the NFL and say that they're within a touchdown of each other, within six points of each other. Never have my numbers showed that, and I'm sure if we look at LVSC's numbers, their poll, I haven't seen it this week yet for the NFL. I don't know if they're even gonna put it out. I would say they theirs is, is similar to what I have, and other sharps I spoke to also have said the same thing. Um, this year is the first year that you look, and there's 20 teams that were are within five, six points of each other, As far as ratings are concerned, so there's a lot more parity this year. So you, you know, you really have to be careful as far as the NFL teams that gave up or teams that just are bad because, you know, like. I think
0: a lot of teams are still in it, too. I mean, this is one of those years, too. There might be some nine and seven teams. If you just, I think the last week of the season this year, the last couple weeks in particular, are going to mean a lot more this year than in years past.
2: I'd look more towards teams that gave up on each other, you know, that. Aren't getting along with each other, or the players aren't getting along with each other, or the the coaches like the
0: Cleveland Browns. Something <laughs> exactly. came out about them last week. Yeah,
2: that that's the kind of thing that I would look towards as far as a team that's given up. But you know, just because a team is is two and eight or, or four and five, I wouldn't be as, as quick to you know put them at, at down at that level of the season's over for it. Yeah,
1: there's a huge difference between a team that's given up and a team that's just bad. I mean, like you look at something like Kansas State; their coach is gone at the end of the year. Uh, things like th- those are type of things where the kid you see the same thing at Tennessee. Fulmer's gone now. I mean, it's a, uh, you hear a lot that the players never really liked him that much. So that's different than a team like say Colorado, who just isn't that good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think Vegas runners right. You, just because a team is two and nine or two, and, that doesn't mean they quit. It just means that they may right. stink like Kansas City, who
3: seems to still be playing pretty tough. And, yeah. Go, go ahead, Marco. I was going to say I mean This would be more of a question for you because you follow the Cowboys so much. But like a game like this week, you know, if Romo comes back, have to win. If they would lose a game like have that, have to win. That's a
1: team that, that that's a year. That's Say a good night. That you could Say good put. night. There's been people have lined up so many excuses for this freaking team. If they don't win this game with Romo coming back and dropped to 5 and 5, you're talking about this was a couple of weeks ago. We're talking about them being the favorites to win the Super Bowl. Right. They don't have the leadership up front. They don't have the guys in the locker room. This is a must. That's a perfect example, Marco. If they don't win this game this week, you can start betting against the Cowboys. And I'll
0: tell you, respect Ray on 34 had a good uh, forum post talking about the value actually on the Cowboys right now uh, to win the Super Bowl, and I think he made an excellent point. I think he got a gold star for it. Um, and that's one of those things where you're absolutely right, but this is the time to bet it. I think he got a ridiculous number on them going before the bye week, and I think it went, it came down maybe like 10 points you know, just during the point where they lost their last game and then after the bye week because everyone knows if they win this game this week, they're right back in it. Oh, they're and, right, and right, and right back like at that, the top. if they get
2: yeah. into the playoffs, it's a new right. season. I mean, I, absolutely, there is value betting them. Now is in a future bet, but um I I definitely think we've seen a shift in the NFL this year. First, we've seen a shift from the AFC to the NFC. I mean, going into the season, we thought the AFC would be, what, a three, six-point favorite in the Super Bowl? Right. The last now, line I saw, now, the NFC's favorite.
0: Yeah, I mean, the so, Giants I mean, have it, been the most impressive team outside of Tennessee. And it, it's funny how I would this say was just they two, two
2: and team, a half months ago is when we were totally you know thinking a, a, a whole different way, and now all of a sudden... You know, that's why you got to watch, you got to see the games, you got to let them play. You got to, it's so hard to prognosticate that far in advance what's going to happen. It just, it really is. The problem is in the NFL, there just really isn't a good team. No, and I think what Vegas Runner was saying about his
1: numbers being so close, I think the days of ESPN coming in every summer and telling us the same teams that were good last year are going to be – those days are over with. You're looking at teams like Atlanta. They just get a shot of life with a quarterback and a coach. Now they're they're in first place. Teams like Arizona. I just think teams are so close in the NFL today that – one or two little things can change, like with the Cowboys. A Romo injury here, uh, you know, a little f- fighting. Now they're 5-4. and four, They're just struggling to keep their head above water. Yeah,
2: I mean, look, you tell me. Who's the best team in the NFC North? Who's the best in the NFC West? No, Who, it's a toss-up. You don't know. It's a toss Right now, it could be any one of them teams. That's why so. the
0: Giants, to me, are the best team in the NFL by, by far. And the, re- and the only thing, the thing that was their, their kind of... Advantage last year is that they snuck up on people. The the totally different thing this year is everyone knows how good they are, and how are they going to play knowing that they're the, the best team in the NFL? Because I was I heard this on the radio the other day, and they were talking about it. This is a team who's going to have two home games. Right, right. You know they're going to have that division locked up. They're going to have the number one seed. They're going to have two home games. Their whole advantage last year was going on the road without the pressure. They're going to have the pressure on them, but it's going to be very difficult to go and beat that team. Like a team like Dallas, if they have to play them, you know, in a in a wild card or whatever game that they have to come go in there. I don't. Know, it's it would be. I mean, that's going to be a tough, very tough place. And you to don't play. want
3: to You don't want to go into the meadow. I think the if Cardinals. You yeah, a team that,
0: like the Cardinals wins. with Kurt Warner and the in their offense. To have to go into like the Meadowlands and play the giant. I mean, that's uh, this is no exactly chance.
2: why this year, and not just this year, it's been happening lately, and I think it's going to continue. Well you have to be very careful using the words like trap game and cliches like that, because the game has changed a lot with, with information being available at your fingertips. It really has changed. You're not going to sneak up, you know, on betters as easily as as oddsmakers did in the past. So it's, it's a lot harder for them to set up a trap. And I, I hear it all the time in forums and, and people in sports books talking, you know, oh, that was a setup, that was a trap, you know, when they lose a bad game like that. But the way it is with the parody and everything, you, you really have to be careful and kind of look at things the way they are and, and not dig too deep, not try to uncover something that just might not be there, is how I look at it.
0: Well, that leads kind of, I think, very well. It's a great question, by the way, Billy. And uh, I think that leads right into our picks, um, picks of the week. And I'd like to start with Tommy, who's just been unbelievable. You know, he's having one of the best runs I've, I've ever seen at pregame. Especially, you know, we talked a few weeks ago about how do you deal with a slump. And this guy has just come out like gangbusters. And, you know, he, he's just, especially with everything he's been dealing with and stuff, I've, I've never seen anything like it. I mean he's 20 and four. It's on a 24 run, 17 and three in college football. 6 and0 on Monday nights, Tommy.
1: And w- what are you gonna give these guys for free this week? Well, this week, you know, I had my podcast game of the year when we were here a couple weeks ago with uh, and, and I was hoping I was right that hitting Tennessee before they quit against South Carolina. And luckily I, I got them. So this week I, I'm gonna give a game that I'm gonna make a prediction. I think this is going to be on the money talks card. I'm going to go with Iowa State at home plus 28 points against Missouri. Last week, I saw a Missouri team that wasn't very focused. They pretty much have their season has pretty much been defined. They're out of the national championship race, but they're going to win their 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 division and play in the in the Big 12 title game where they will get destroyed. They didn't look very focused to me last week. Two weeks ago at Baylor, they hung on to win 31-28. Iowa State's one of those teams that they're bad, but they're still fighting. They're they're still still playing hard. They're well coached. They're they're well coached. I I think that's a game where Missouri's going to be kind of looking ahead. they got Kansas coming up. I think Iowa State keeps that game close. Four touchdowns right now with Missouri on the road. The cold day, windy day, passing attack's going to be affected. Iowa State keeps it close. I like that. Now we'll go to uh, Vegas runner and – You've
0: been just killing it as well, especially in the NFL. Thirty-five and eighteen the last four weeks, and then Sunday night you've been Mr. Sunday Night, ten and two. I mean, what, what do you got for us? I mean, I know we talked last, last week, week. Each we were on of the us phone. had monster yeah. plays we were going to throw out there for everybody. VR was going to throw out Nebraska, which was a great win. Tommy Ryder's game of the year as well that he hit, and uh, unfortunately, I, or fortunately for you guys, I didn't give out my play, which is a loser <laughs> on USC, uh, but. VR, what do you got this week?
2: Yeah, I said last week I came in ready with a three-star on Nebraska. And, and since the, I didn't get a chance to give it out on the podcast, even though it was uploaded in the system as a podcast play for my clients, um, today I knew the show was on for, for 100%. And uh, this is another three-star I already uploaded in the system for my clients. It's my podcast play of the week. Um, we have Tulsa going into Houston. Tulsa opens up five- and a half six-point favorite. They've been off a week since they went into Arkansas and they lost 30 to 23, shot their season down, hopes of BCS killed, hopes of a perfect season killed, and now they have to go face Houston. We know these teams both have offense. Both of them put up over 550 yards of off total offense at home, on the road, in conference. It don't make a difference. But here's where this game is going to be won. It's going to be won by Houston's defense. Houston, that team on defense at home allows only 12 points a game and 290 yards. This is a team that puts up 500 yards of offense and usually allows 3-400 like it's nothing. But come when they play at home, they don't let up points so easily. The other thing I like is for Tulsa to be successful, they're going to have to be balanced. And the key for Houston is to stop them from running. If they can stop them from running and force them just, Tulsa just into passing, they could make this a lot easier game than many people think. Houston allows only 71 points on the, uh, 71 yards on the ground at home. Not even a hundred yard rusher. They allow only 56 percent completions at home. And here they are getting four and a half points. I think that's four and a half too many. This line should be a pick 'em. I think Houston could win this game easily. I'm not one to take the money line when they're handing me this many points. I say grab the four and a half. That's my three-star podcast player of the week. Uh, Vegas, runner, can i to ask you a question. As someone who bet this game last year and bet Houston,
1: didn't Tulsa lay, a, lay the wood like 69-7? So yes. this is a good revenge spot. A big spot. revenge yeah.
2: spot, and this is a, a team. They're 4-1 in conference Houston, and if they could win this game, they're 5-1, Tulsa's 5-1. So even though we we look and we see a 5-4 and four record, you got to dig a little deeper. And this is a very big game for them, a huge conference game. I think we're going to get an A game. I think we're going to get 100% from them. And like I say, all I ask of for my dogs is give me 60 minutes of effort. You give me points and 60 minutes of effort, and I'll take that bet every time.
0: Outstanding. Well, we'll look forward to that. Cashing as well this week. And uh, then we've got... Uh, mr. football uh, Marco the Godfather <laughs> I, I mean this is ridiculous because I'm coming up with trying to figure out who's got the best streak here <laughs> it's they're all they're all unbelievable I mean this is a guy who is coming off his first losing Sunday in the NFL he's and got it's week n- yeah. <laughs> n- week 9 out of 10 winning Sundays in the NFL he's 34 and 13 overall the last five weeks uh, I don't know I think he got his bad week out of the w- way last week and you know these guys are gonna kill it. In the Money Talks. Well, Marco, what do you got this week?
3: Okay, before I give you the stench game of the week, I want to give our coupon for this week for oh, our absolutely. listeners. And in honor of uh, Tommy's uh, last uh, live show for a while with us, we're going to have the coupon this week's going to be Tommy10. Tommy10, if you go to Pregame Pros this week, uh, make any purchase, just punch in Tommy10, and you're going to get $10 off anything you buy at Pregame this week. And, uh, we thank you guys for listening to us and going to the stench game of the week. This is going to be one of those ones, guys, you're going to have to hold your nose when we do it because it's smelly. We're going to go to the St. Louis Cardinals. Yes, I said the St. Louis Cardinals. You mean the Rams. Oh, Rams. Excuse right? me. Wow. <laughs> There's a flashback. Team yeah, did I do a flashback? I didn't know if we meant Arizona or the well, Rams. Because I'm, I'm going to talk about the Arizona game. Everything went in my head here. But this is the same St. Louis team that got drilled 47-3 last week, and this is a classic Marco play. You got one team that's lost three games in a row, St. Louis, and they got drilled back-to-back games, 34-13 against Arizona, and then 47-3 last week against the Jets. You had San Francisco coming off a Monday night game where they looked absolutely good. They went up and down the field on Arizona. They played Arizona. They looked great. Toe to toe. So you're going to have every armchair guy that watched that game last week and say, Oh, my God. San Francisco's yeah, turning, it it around, turning it around. The new coach, they're going to get their first win for him. They've lost six in a row. This is who they can beat. Poor Mike Singletary. I feel <laughs> so bad for that guy. <laughs> One of and my idols growing up. <clears throat> nice
1: call there at the end of the game. Uh, Go back, died from the three. I think yeah. he was still stunned that Frank that was gave the end zone. That was
3: all Mart's, man. Yeah, and I like how, I like how Singletary
1: threw him under the bus at the end of the game. Yeah, That's Mike's he, call, as he should be. All and
3: right. you got a game where they're laying under the touchdown. This is the classic two bad teams. You're laying under the touchdown. The public's going to want to take the favorite in this game. I'm going to have the ugly dog. I'll be holding my nose while I'm watching the game. For but this my marquee mark. classic jump <laughs> But I'll, I'll have my money on the St. Louis Rams. They're, nice. trying, they're
2: trying to move to Monday night, I heard, this game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're, they're looking to switch <laughs> with uh, the Bills.
0: Well, like I said, I I got saved last week with my podcast play, which would have been a stinker, kinda. I was very disappointed with USC's performance last week. I thought if you would have told me, me and Jeff Bonds were both on USC Big last week, if you would have told both of us that they would only give up three points in that game and not cover cover. the spread, I mean, it was ridiculous. I mean, and they were lucky to win by 14, to be honest with you. Well,
2: finally. That game, that game, like, I can't wait to him. drop them. Yeah, put Florida over put the top Florida as number one. Them, so yeah, that was so. worth the loss,
0: Matty. I yeah, yeah, their
1: offenses. It's weird. It's they have the talent, but some games it just. That was the way.
0: Yeah, I thought, especially with with Pete Carroll coming out and talking about how the BCS sucks all yeah. of a sudden, even though they've had him you know, at, uh, near the top of the rankings at, like, for the last decade, it seems like, you know, he finally bitches about it. I thought he was going to come out and like they were going to you know, break out the can of whoop-ass. You know what
1: might be interesting with them? They have a tough road to get to that national title game with their schedule, and I think the players might know it. I think they look at the Oklahomas, the Texas's, the Floridas, and I think they just say to themselves... I think How are we gonna a, get up there? To be honest, I think number. it's
0: gonna be difficult for them to cover the number up in Stanford this week because I think that I do too. Stanford, t-
1: there's a team that's playing it's a, hard. It's a man. very
0: good team, and uh, I listened to Dan Patrick show this morning, and they were they were grilling uh, Jimmy Harbaugh about. Uh, I actually wrote a blog about this today, about taking the Raiders job. Tam Pat this really funny stuff. He was trying to get uh, uh, Jim Harbaugh, basically, to say, to I'm not... Well, no. even to talk way. about it, he was trying to say, look, I- I'm not interested in the job, you know, on the record. He was trying to get him because he was building it up all week. I've been listening to the show all week, and he's like, I'm, what do you think about me asking Jim Harbaugh about the Raiders to his buddy, his co-host, whatever? And uh, he's been building it up, and he finally he would not let it die. And he kept grilling Jim Harbaugh saying, So, can you tell me if the Raiders, you know. are you not interested in the Raiders job? And he he wouldn't even mention the Raiders. He would say, you know, I'm very committed to Stanford and Stanford's. It was I, I've got a, a blog about it. You guys got to check it out. I have that part of the interview linked up. If you guys listen to it, you'll absolutely die. Goodfellow. I linked it up for good, good kids play It's hard hard for games, games. And
2: it's a great. All all his points were great. But I mean, I mean they all have what fourteen hundred and higher <laughs> SAT scores. Exactly. Them, kids, it's it's a dream job, Saturday. and
0: he, he's making the most of it. So. That, but that is not my play. I'm not going to go against USC. I have still won five in a row on my podcast plays. I still have my Thursday night, you know, ten and one record on the line. And also, I've got my NCAA underdog game of the year going on on Saturday. After I hit the Colts on my NFL underdog game of the year, so we got that going on Saturday. But I am going to go with a favorite this week in college football. I'm going to take Florida State against Boston College. Uh, and the situation there is simple. Boston College is already is already a bowl eligible. They're going to go to their tenth straight bowl game. They're coming off that seventeen nothing win against Notre Dame on national television. You know everyone. Why does Notre Dame suck? They're horrible. They're horrible. But you know this is a game where it's it's definitely. I, I, all I've been reading about this game when I was working on the cheat sheet this week was that you know they're they're happy. They know they're going to. They have that. They have the longest bowl streak going with nine straight bowl wins. They're going to their tenth straight bowl game as it is, and. I don't know. They have a they have a tough couple games coming up. They have Florida State and Wake Forest the next two weeks, and they play Maryland at home. You know, the seventh win might come just at home. They might end right. up you know with just seven wins, and I think they're okay with that. I think after losing Matt Ryan and everything like that, Should it's, it's a it's a good year. And then Florida State, on the other hand, you got a team who's five and zero against the spread. Their last five home games, they really turned it up a notch against Clemson last week. They gave up 125 yards of offense in the first quarter. Clemson, Gave up 89 the rest of the way. And that's just, I think this team, at the end of the year, is going to give Florida a tough game, I think. Just the way they play defense, it's going to, you know, this is one of those games where they still think they got a chance at the ACC title and they can still, you know, depending on what happens between, you know, Miami, Virginia Tech, and some of these other teams out there, Wake Forest, you know, they could still get in there and still get a BCS spot. So I think they're going to go out there and, you know, win this game easily by double digits. And that's, that's my pick of the week. And uh, no, I don't know, is 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 that it? I mean, does anybody have anything
3: else that they want to uh, say? Well, you know, I want to say it's been a pleasure having uh, Tommy on board. And uh, when Tommy came here, you know, he, he was always asking questions, wanting to learn. And, you know, he just was like a sponge. And, you know, it's, you know, I've said to you, you know, many times, you and Maddie both, you know, uh, you two guys uh, picking my brain every day and, uh, you know, trying to you know, pick things up. And then... It's such an honor whenever you quote me back uh, on a game, and you you say, "Hey Marco, this game's a Marco play." And you guys have been like, you know, you two have been like sons, and I'm you know I'm gonna miss not having you around the office, Tommy. Yeah, and I'm
1: gonna miss not being here. I've learned a lot from all you guys. Uh, there's games now that when I do my initial leans, uh, I I eliminate because I'll say, you know, well I remember Vegas Runner said this, or I remember Marco said this, and I gotta be honest with you, that more times than not crossing that out has saved me money then so uh, incorporating my style with everything i picked up from you three i think is really healthy maddie you said how did you get out of you know you had that slump but i think just being around listening to you guys and listening to what you had to say i Keeping think that confidence i yeah, letting you know yeah and that's, that's how hard. i got out of it was just listening to you guys and i i didn't my confidence didn't go down too much and then picking things up as I, as i went along has made me a better ha- handicapper
0: i think it's been a great crash course in handicapping yeah. really i mean i look at the last few months you know just having you out here and just how much you know i think you could take this and hopefully you'll be back working you know for us, you know, in a few months after everything and you know, and this will be an escape, it'll be a good way for you to kind of stay active and I think you know, you're definitely still doing something right here. I mean, you got you've got all the tools to be a great handicapper and you know, I think, you know, without you, this this podcast, you know, would never have happened in my opinion. And I think that's the one thing all of our listeners out there, you know, need to realize is that Tommy's experience and what he brought just by making this happen. Is, is priceless and I, I you know I, I don't want
1: to get all sentimental and stuff like that but I mean that's why well, rea- that's the reality of the I situation I appreciate it and like I said it's you guys are only going to go go up from here uh, as this continues to grow uh, you know I listen to the podcast over and I think back to that first test one we did that never made the air and, and how far we've all come since then it's just it's just amazing so keep this baby going you know I'll try to make some guest appearances if I can and, uh, we'll get you and it's up. been a, it's been a hell of a ride hopefully I'll be back out here soon and back on here live
0: and as you know it's never over Over? Did
2: you say over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. Was it over with the Germans bomb Pearl
0: Harbor?
2: Hell no! <laughs> Forget it, <he's> <laughs> And it
0: ain't over now! All right, everybody. As you know, you've been listening to the Sports Betting Preview Show, a pregame.com podcast. We'll be
1: back next week with another great show. And uh, thanks again, Tommy, for everything. No problem. Take care. And uh, maybe R.J. Bell will be taking my spot one of these times for a guest appearance. All Can't right. <laughs>